You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heideman and Paul Farber. We are two music experts. Green Experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys. One album. Okay, I think we're ready to go. All right, welcome to the inaugural Two Who? Guys, One Album. My name is Paul Farvar. Hey, this is Mike Heideman. And we are two guys just reviewing one album mm-hmm. and talking about it and being honest. And uh, and that's what this 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 whole podcast is going to be, right, Mike? Is I thought right? it would be a little bit more in-depth uh, description, but I guess you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. Two guys, you and me, reviewing an album a week. And yeah. we're Talk- just kind of rocking and rolling with it. Talking about the album. And, you know, we might not be experts per se. I mean, I know Mike Heidemann has a pedigree of music with sound sessions, and I had a pedigree of being a former member of 14 different bands. Wow, 14? Yes, that is correct. Okay. But I no longer play music. Um, but, you know, uh, I think this the, the album, first of all, the first album, our inaugural, inaugural album was picked by you, Mike. That's right. Why did you pick this album? This album was one of the most important albums in my life, to be honest. It was the first cassette that I ever bought cassettes. because I CDs were not a thing yet, believe it or not, in 1994 yeah, when this I, album came out. I didn't know you were that old to, to buy I mean, I, I remember cassettes, but... Now I feel offended. No, I just I, I know I'm a lot older than you, so I was just <laughs> I just pictured you millennials as you know everything was DVD or uh, you just Napstered it. So let's actually say what the the album is. It's Weezer's 1994 inaugural album, Blue Album, yeah, the Blue Album. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to be speaking about this album. As I said, it was the first cassette I ever bought, and I remember being a young lad who lived in the northern suburbs of Illinois, and. <laughs> I remember needing to, the only way you can make money when you were young is, is mowing lawns, right? It's either mowing lawns or doing chores. Well, I grew family. up in Oak Brook, so I gave tennis lessons, but that's, that's just me. <laughs> that's what we did. Uh, Oak Brook is quite, quite the affluent <laughs> suburb, I suppose. I was a tennis player. Okay, that makes sense too, I guess. But okay, so you mowed lawns to to buy the cassette? Yes, I was about, <laughs> let's see, it was 1994, so I was just hitting maybe nine or ten years old. And okay. I was, I, I worked so hard to get it. So I remember I needed to mow three lawns, my mom's lawn, my my mom and my dad's lawn. It's not just my mom's lawn, right. I suppose, like that. Uh, my neighbor's lawn and my grandma's lawn. And to get that, I was able to score fifteen dollars, and cassettes at the time were twelve ninety nine. Really? Yeah. Where were you buying cassettes? Kmart. Oh my god, that's a ripoff. I mean, they were like eight ninety nine at uh, like Flipside or uh, or Blockbuster Music. Are these Oak Brook spots? No, they were all over. Flipside. Flipside. It was a store. Yeah. Okay. You could buy you could buy CDs in nineteen ninety four for eleven ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I was a bargain CDs. hunter. Uh, but you know what? The other thing was, I'm trying to think about why I didn't get the CD, and it's I don't think I had a CD player to be honest. I think okay. my, my our car only we had a we drove a, a station wagon, a Ford station wagon, and the only thing we had was the tape player. So anyway, I went and bought that tape 
with all of my money, and I remember thinking, this is it. Because I saw, I guess I was like in fifth or sixth grade, and I went to Brad Jager's house. He showed me, he goes, you need to see this music video. And, oh, yeah. And Buddy Holly's music video came on, and I was like, such a big fan of Happy Days at the time. I thought they were actually in Happy Days. a great, great video, yeah. For the next five years, I looked for that Happy Days episode. It never happened. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a music video by Spike Jones. And I, and I think Buddy Holly was the second hit off the album, right? Wasn't uh, the uh, Undone, Undone was first, right? Yeah. I think that's right. Which is bizarre because, I mean, there was no, if you look back on it, the music video and the timing of, of Undone uh, just wasn't right. So... It wasn't until Spike Jones created that music video that just it blew up. It blew because, up. I mean, second second release. Yeah, it was one of those things where the second song crushed crushed it for them. Yeah, if, that, if I'm right about that, I wonder if that's like a strategy that record companies use, where they put mm. out kind of a, a low dose kind of song and sometimes just blow just, it up. Sometimes you're just wrong. <laughs> sometimes you're just wrong. <laughs> See, I had a so I was in college in 1994, and mm-hmm. I hated hated undone that song by the sweater song by. Uh, by the by Weezer, mm-hmm. and uh, then I, I didn't buy the album until years later. But that's because one of my favorite songs of all time is by them, and we'll talk about that when we get to that song. Okay, okay. But um, what else do we need to know about this album? Ninety four. You were mowing three lawns. It costs <laughs> it's it's three <laughs> lawns worth on a cassette. Mm-hmm. For me, it was you know twelve bucks. It was maybe half hour. You already of had lessons. that money. You, you had no, it I was rolling. in college. No, I was a co- I was a college kid eating ramen. So. <laughs> but I did. I remember I bought the CD. I think it was like a year later, or two years later, and I and I it's one of their songs is one of my favorites. But then a lot of the album I do not like. But I'm a big Weezer fan, mm-hmm. and this album was produced by Rick Ocasek. Yes. So the Weezer's. All- album also known as the blue album it was actually just called weezer at the mm-hmm. time and then and affectionately known known as the blue album is the epitome debut studio album by the american rock band weezer released on may 10th 1994 man it was so hot then for that lawn jeez i remember day. i remember it now through dc oops sorry dgc records the album was produced by the cars frontman rick Ocasek and recorded mm-hmm. in the electric lady studios in new york the Blue Album was supported by three singles, Undone, like you said, The Sweater Song, Buddy Holly, and Say It Ain't So, which brought Weezer mainstream success, helped by music videos, like we mentioned, directed by Spike Jones. Uh-huh. Uh, as of August 2009, the album sold over 3,300,000 copies wow. in the United States. The album reached number 16 on Billboard's 200 and became a certified triple platinum in the United States and became a certified double platinum in Canada. Not as big as in Canada no. as the United States. They well, just didn't they, get it. Well, that was around Alanis Morissette. They were still <laughs> they were still seeing the irony in that album. So, yeah. So, um how did you want to do this? Let's let's go through each. We got to go track by track. All right. And I think and by the way, uh the first song is one of the best opening songs of an album, in my opinion. Let's take a listen. In terms of energy and... Uh-oh. Such a good song. My name is Jonas. Mm-hmm. And this swell. Very 90s. What does that lyric even mean, to be honest? See, and that's the thing about Weezer, for me... 
Yes, you know, like it's they've got such great. The thing about Weezer, I'm a guy who likes good lyrics and good vocals, and Mm -hmm. that's why Weezer, when when this album came out, I was like, "Ah, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were pushing it hard. David David Geffen Records, DGC Records. Oh yeah, we get they were giving away free stuff and everything for it. And uh, and I was in I was in my first band at that time, and so I was like really into music. But I I just like "Ah, I don't like his I don't like uh, I don't like Rivers Cuomo his voice. I didn't like. I just thought it was they were kind of like gimmicky. Yeah, they were such the epitome of garage band sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that it sounds sounds so crusty yeah. and, and grungy. I mean, talk about an album that came out of when Nirvana was hitting it huge yeah. and Pumpkins they, came out. Pumpkins came time. out and I mean, I can't even remember. Like uh, the, the pop scene was was just teetering off of Madonna and all mm-hmm. these things, and the way that they were able to create this music, it was music for the fans that weren't Nirvana fans. It was a little bit more artsy kind yeah. of uh, feel that you get, as opposed to the flannel wearing grunge act right. that you would see. It was it was a couple years after Seattle Sound like just blew up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, it was a, it was a good time to for. 90s music, and I'm a huge fan of 90s music, but uh, I will say that it wasn't until later that I became a Weezer fan. But but when you buy this album and this song comes on, you're like, okay, yeah, I made the right decision. Yeah. Or if it's a cassette and you're in your Ford station wagon <laughs> and you're like, yeah, mom, can I turn it up to three? <laughs> Makes sense. Are you talking about the three notches that yeah. you need to like put up? <laughs> All right, let's I, take it. I assume your car had like notches where you... Michael, we're not going to go above three. <laughs> it did. It did. There was like, you know, it was like the little, like, uh, what are they even put? The little bars that you see. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom would always stop it right before I got to the, the heavy lined bar. Oh, yeah, she was so pissed. In the, northern, in the northern suburbs, you just don't want to be too loud. You can. You yeah. can get arrested. Especially with that. the windows open. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to song number two. Oh, this is still song number one. There we go. No one else. See, again, like, it's just like, what are, what are they really talking about? There's no, like, it doesn't seem serious to me. But, mm-hmm. little tongue song. in cheek. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's talking about a girl who, you know, babbles a lot. <laughs> yeah. See, like, this this was the year I remember Jeff Buckley, his mm-hmm. album came out, and, like, you know, you got someone who's talking about, like, melodramatic lyrics and just such deep, deep vocals. And then, yeah. And, and, and then you have Weezer coming out, where, I mean, they've got amazing, these crunchy. Uh, you know, garage sound, rock, guitars, but then you're like, oh, I was not a big fan because of the vocals, or and and not the vocals so much as the lyrics. Too. The lyrics, like, well, they're not really talking about anything. Well, how how old were these guys when they wrote this album? I mean, they must have Rivers, Rivers must have been what in his early guy. early twenties. Didn't he go to like Harvard or something? He did go to Harvard. He went to Harvard, uh, I think, only for like a year or two though. And actually. The interesting thing is the album that came after this, Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. He, I think, he wrote during his time in Harvard, and he was very, you know, depressed. I think, I think he broke in his leg and wrote half of the album while he had this broken leg. Yeah. So a lot of the songs are actually in first position, if you think about it. Oh. A little bit of uh, Weezer trivia. Let's yeah. go to song number three. Yes. The world has turned and left me here. Mm-hmm. See, I like this song. This is probably one of my favorite Weezer songs. Um, the lyrics are getting a little deeper. Deep cuts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and it's just got subtleties, a lot of cool stuff going on production-wise. Um, but like, yeah, this song was n- no one, 
I don't even I don't even know if cover bands cover this song. And there's a cover band called My Name Is Jonas. That's a Weezer cover band. Really? Yeah. Here in and Chicago? I, yeah. Well, they were based here. I don't know where they okay. are too, but um, yeah. Wow. You didn't know about the Weezer. I actually, cover did. Band? I did know about okay, that. Okay. Uh, and uh, I and what a cool concept because Weezer just keeps putting out album after album and they don't even care anymore if they're good. Yeah. They're just like, we're going to put this out, spew it out. If you like it, good. If you don't, screw you. But this is a great, I mean, this is a great example of like their deeper cut albums that I always like on Weezer and, you know, the Green Album or whatever that whatever one came out after that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always the songs that you're like, if you listen to it, you're like, yeah, that's probably my favorite song on the album. And this is, I'm not saying this is it per se, but uh, it's, it's, Let's see how many songs we have on this album. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's in the top three. Top three. Top three songs. So, Paul, <laughs> I hate to do this to you, but I don't like this song at all. I can't wow. stand it. Why? It's. I remember th- this is the song that I would skip the most. In fact, really? I think the button was worn out from all the skips that it had. <laughs> well, just, you, you had a cassette, so you had to go. I was, I was ten years old growing up with this album. This was just, I didn't know what it meant. The world has turned. I didn't know depression at the time, so it just made no sense to me. There's like subtle acoustic guitar that's it's played up front in this album in mm-hmm. terms of production. Do you hear it? Not right now. Now it's it sounds like all electric. Well, guitar. Yeah, no. But during the verses, <laughs> I, I know it's what you totally mean. cool. I and I, I remember when I recorded my first album um, that I was like, I want, I want that subtle. Uh, guitar sound, mm-hmm. acoustic guitar, and that's that's from the song. Whoa, deep. Okay, so, so now we disagree this, strongly. This is the song we disagree on. But this next song, if if my memory serves correct, this was the hit, right? I think it's the second hit. But go ahead. Here it is. I knew it, buddy. Holly. I I uh, I remember the videos. It was hard not to love. The, their work in the video mm-hmm. but I didn't the, like the song didn't like the song this was the most Rick Ocasek song in the entire yes. universe you can tell his influence from the beginning to end of the song yeah you can almost see him saying like in the recording studio hey guys maybe you should add like a little <laughs> bit of synthesizer here and they're like I don't know Rick I mean or he's like can I just why don't I just sing this song <laughs> I'll just I'll just sing it reverse <laughs> you know what what guys you just take a back seat I'm gonna just play these keyboard parts I know this will be like your what you're known for which is surprising because after Pinkerton, they kind of threw away the synth. To be honest, you can't really recall it on a lot of their songs. I thought, I thought like their more recent albums, they they would they had some more. I mean, listen to that. Oh, if you, that that synth part is is all Rick Ocasek. It sounds like a car song. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's a I, car song. I'd love to know what it sounded like before he put his finger into it. <laughs> And got shocked by that electric. I want to know if I'm trying to look. Does your does your information tell you if this was the second release? No, this here, was this was, was the second, second release. release. Yes, yeah. this was it. Got him on the on the map. But yeah, like I said, this one and uh, their their hit "Undone Sweater," the sweater song, like literally was like I hate these guys. <laughs> it's one of those things. But you know what? Like, there's a lot of my best friends. I hated them at first, and then. They became my best friends, and they grew on you. And that's and that's how Weezer was, much like this song. Quick, quick uh, tidbit of info here. So the recording process was actually interesting in this CD. Uh, while preparing for studio sessions, the band actually focused their vocal interplay by practicing barbershop quartet style songs, which helped both Rivers Cuomo and Sharp, uh, Patrick Sharp, I think his mm-hmm. name is uh, Patrick feel- Sharp from the Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> was he on this album too? Patrick Sharp. Uh, Matt Sharp. Oh gosh, now I'm, th- I'm sorry. This is we're the, nothing. I'm if trying we're to, not accurate. 
on two guys, one album. <laughs> I wanted to keep it like nationally uh, synchronized. Yeah. And of course, I bring it right back to Chicago with my right. my Patrick Sh- Matt Sharp, Matt Sharp. So, <laughs> the harmonies were yeah. oh yeah. So uh, Cuomo and not Patrick Sharp, Matt Sharp feel more comfortable collaborating during re- rehearsals. Sharp, who had never sung before joining Weezer, developed his falsetto into this backing vocal, and you can hear this through every single song yeah. that they have. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's also a, a Rick Ocasek uh, production value because oh. you know they had great they had great vocalists in the cars. That's right. All right, here comes song. Paul's favorite song of uh, all time. Bringing him right back to those college days eating do those you remember, ramen. Yeah, do you remember this video? Like, it was just a... It was, I remember just that it was like a party scene, right? It was horrible. It was so annoying. What, what, what was it about? Did Spike Jones did this one, too? I don't know if he Was did. there a hacky sack in this song? Because <laughs> it feels like there, <laughs> there would be. There should have been. <laughs> was, were you in this music video? In I should have been. <laughs> I, in, I was too young. In a hemp hoodie? I think you needed to be 21 to be in this one. I wasn't <laughs> just there yet. So this is a lot of people's favorite song uh, of all time. I often hear that a lot. Really? Yeah. And Nobody just, says that. It makes no sense to me because it's just talking and then just one chorus. And I do love it now, you know, that I've grown up with it. And a lot of it music indie nerds would be pissed by hearing this. But oh, come on, man. It's such Pick a it bad up a song. Bit. Pick it up. It's such a bad song. And then the thing, and it goes back to me, when, I, when I'm attracted to music, it starts with vocals, harmonies, and good lyrics. Mm-hmm. And this song is about a freaking sweater. Like, it's like, <laughs> come on, man. Pull this thread as I walk away. It's so, so deep. I hated it. I hated it. And I, and I have the same discussion with people who are Beck fans. I'm like, same problem with Beck. You know, when, when that album came out, Loser was his hit. I'm like, mm-hmm. this, these songs are like gimmicky. Like, yeah. it's a step above Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> in essence. I think Weird, Weird Al would be very proud of, by, yeah. of that uh, comment. Weird Al Yankovic with good guitars. <laughs> That's what this song is. Let's go to the next one then real quick. Surf Wax America. Come on. The, the California surface scene is live and well with this song. And you know what? The thing is, I used to not like this song, and then growing up more and more, I, I, like, I like this song even more. You know, you can hear a lot of Blink-182 like, uh, was influenced by this song, I feel like. Oh, I, uh, I can definitely like, see that. what's my name again? <laughs> this is the coolest part right here. Yeah. I'll take my... Anywho. It is a good song, I, but I, it was definitely not... Uh, you know, I think I would skip this one as well. <laughs> but I don't know. Is there any history? Did this ever make it to an album of any, or like a compilation at least, or something? I feel um, like it was in maybe an episode of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it should be in more songs actually. Now that I think, or more uh, movies. Now that I think about it, I think this was a uh, Tony Hawk's favorite song growing up. It's just we can't just make stuff. Up. Oh we can't. no, we have to. It could nothing be. if we're not accurate. Kelly Slater loved this song. <laughs> he played it before his, his international. Sur- no. Oh, Kelly Slater. Kelly Slater is the uh, the famous I, surfer. Who am I thinking of? AC Slater. AC Slater. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's move to the next one before this gets too crazy. Oh, all right. Now, now, if there's anything that's wrong with this album, this is the song that did it right. This is. Probably one of my top five songs of all time. Oh yeah. They feel the same way. It it is such an amazing song. And uh, I've covered it in a few bands and it's like a hard song to play. It's a hard song to sing. Mm-hmm. 
That's that falsetto that we were talking mm-hmm. about a little bit. Pat Sharp. Second leading Matt. scorer on the 2010 Blackhawks. Also falsetto <laughs> unknown, unbeknown to us. <laughs> the Blue Album. Wow. He can do it all, that Pat Sharp. God, this is such... You know what's funny? Um, this is a song that I probably... If there's a jukebox, I this is one of the first songs I'll put on. Mm-hmm. If I'm like on a date or I just want to like just chill, this is one of those songs. And... Uh, you know, it's easily top five songs of all time. It's a great makeout song. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I don't make out in public, but <laughs> I still would put it in a jukebox. You know, the funny thing about this song is, it also hit me in very, very um, uh, closely as well. I covered this at the 2004 Marion Central Talent Show wow. with, with my friends. Two and acoustic guitars. Th- uh, th- oh, two acoustic guitars, one bass. Yeah. Okay. And it was Cody Goins, Pete Wilhelm, and myself. What did you guys call yourselves? Uh, we the Flame RZ. Oh, RZ. The letters RZ. Yes. What was that for? Um, I just thought it was a funny play on words because, <laughs> like, at the at the time, no, it's gonna, this is going to be a really weird story and inappropriate for the time, but like. Everyone would call everyone flamers. Oh, right. So it was the nineties. It was the night. No, it was two thousands. Early two okay. thousands. Okay. Just coming out of the nineties. So, the flame RZ was uh was our our tongue in cheek way of being like you know we're kind of hip. We get it. We get the joke behind it all. Gotcha. And I remember we all wore bandanas. That wow. was we wanted to like be, be kind of cool, consistent with the brand name. <laughs> no, this is this is um. When I heard this and then I found out it was Weezer, I remember I was like, no way. Like, mm-hmm. The band that sings the worst song of 1994, because this came out a year later, I think. This was the third release, right? And I think it, I think it came out in 95. Yeah. And they released it Gosh. as a single. This song is just, it means so much. And the thing is, anytime you play this at like an open mic or anything, everyone has a connection because everyone has a story Such to this song. Such a good song. song. Um, yeah, it came out. They released it in '95, and that's when I then I was like, "This has got to be a great album." And everyone was talking about Weezer. I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to give them another listen." Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is this is one of those songs. And I remember I I fell in love with it, love with it again in my band Go Tom. I think was I think I was in a band Go Tom at the time. Go Tom. Go Tom. It was a play on word also because uh, we would say Go Tom, but then there was a a kid whose name was Go Tom, an Indian name. <laughs> So it was kind of a play on both both words. So okay. Almost like your Flame RZ story, <laughs> but we were adults, so we had no excuse. Um, I, I was I, I was like 17 or 16 years old. Uh, this song is great. You know, the legacy, just quickly, since we're going through the best song, in the years since it's released, the Blue Album has risen in stature to become one of the most highly rated and regarded albums of the 1990s, appearing on many best of lists. In 2003, Rolling Stone ranked it an album 297 on their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Huh. I think it would be a little bit higher than that. You know, I think, and uh, Chuck Klosterman, I was reading his book recently, how in hindsight, more albums, the the value changes over time. And mm-hmm. this is one of those things that keeps growing. It gets closer and closer to the top of everyone's list as, as we get further apart from when it was released. Yeah, I hear you. And that's what's going to happen because it's, it's one of those things <sighs> where it's like you don't remember how much you hate the sweater song if you were like myself. Mm-hmm. But then you remember how great Say It Ain't So was and then... You know, the more uh, the legend of Weezer grew, you you start to like it more. 
Yeah, where it's reputation precedes it now, and it's not even about the music; it's more about what they've built over the years. Yeah, I can see that. And Rivers Cuomo, like, there's this—they've got like a cult following in a way. I know one of the and one of the bassists is now on the Blackhawks. Let's hear the next uh, <laughs> song. We, we got to go through these a little bit quick because yeah. we're getting near the end of the podcast here. Holiday, song about a holiday. I mean, this oh, is this another is great opening. Gr- this is in the garage, isn't it? Do we skip in the garage? In the garage is coming up. Well, this isn't. And this is holiday. Oh, okay. I mean, we could wait until they say in the garage, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> we could wait here. We could be here all day. Yeah, this was just one of those songs. In it was okay. the garage. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of all sound like that at the end. Let's skip over to the next one. Only in dreams. I might have skipped uh, in, in the, the garage. garage. I'm sorry. Which yeah. is another great song. They talk about Paul Stanley from Kiss. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is another uh, one that kind of gets a slow build, but then rocks into that great chorus. Um, I skip it. Oh, yeah, I did skip. Let's go back to In the Garage. There we go. Nope. Yeah. See, I didn't like this one. <laughs> Wait, well, let, it, let it play. Back. Okay. You'll see why. The intro I didn't like, but then it gets good. Oh, that growl of that great electric guitar. I take it back. Man, I haven't heard this song in a, in a minute or two. Yeah. I forget. I do like this one. <laughs> this is my third favorite song on, on on the list of 10 songs on the Blue Album. Not a lot of songs. Well, but that's all it needed. You yeah. Know? Isn't it weird that this is like... I often think about this when I when I listen to albums nowadays. The fact that... Uh, back when we when these albums would come out, you would listen to the full album and how important the song um, the song placement was. Like you needed to have a yeah. great second song, you needed to have a rocking seventh song, and then the last song was always the slow jam. Right, right. Well, it, it started with the album when you had one side, and then the other side would be you know you'd be the first song on the second side of the the vinyl. Of the oh, album. that's a good point. Yeah. So things change over time, but then yeah, you're right with the uh, with the CDs. That's people wouldn't wouldn't even remember. At some point, they just started going by. Oh, put it on track three. I know. What the hell? What was the point of naming the song? Uh, all that work for nothing. And now not. and now we listen to. I mean, not to hate on musics. I hate when I often do this, but I hate on music today because we just are sold singles and shoved down our throat, and all the songs kind of sound the same. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about like the art anymore of making an album and putting all this time and effort into these songs that you craft. It's just what songs are going to be played on the radio, and then what song is going to be the hit on like that Bella Thorne is going to sing on a YouTube track or something. I don't know if that would make any sense, but uh, but it's well, it's we're losing something with music. It's hard to find. For me, I you know, I used to listen. There were so many different ways to get in touch with new music. And for me now, I listen to certain radio stations that will play indie or AAA radio, like mm-hmm. I like listening to, and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I don't listen Wait, as what's, much as... What's AAA radio? AAA. In Chicago, it's XR, WXRT is uh, the one they play on FM. Okay, and then uh, every state, every like Philadelphia, all the bigger name uh, cities have AAA radio. Am I saying it right? What does that mean? Adult uh, alternative. Oh, I don't know what the third A is. Maybe it's just double A. Apple. No, there's no acupuncture music. No, 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 no. You're wrong. but yeah, no, I think it's harder now because uh, you know at least with MTV, you like you said, you saw the video and you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out check them out. But now it's like, I 
I honestly, some of the best songs I've come across lately is through commercials. I'm like, who is that? And then like right? that's how I discovered Joe Purdy, who's one of my favorites, and then Nathaniel Rateliff. You know, a lot of those people. That's the way you do it now, or like some weird soundtrack. But yeah, it's or like a Sofia Coppola album or, or not album, a movie, movie or something yeah, like that with a good track. Let me go through the the names of the band members real quick before Wait, did we, we give do our... Only in Dreams. We didn't do the last song. I thought we did Only in Dreams. We did because it was a slow buildup. Oh, we can do it again though if you want. Yeah, I don't remember talking about okay, it. Let's see only did we even talk about? Quick. We did Holiday. Okay, Only in Dreams. Here we go. This one's for Paul. We didn't do this song. Yeah, I said this beginning was boring, and then it blasts into a great chorus. That's Holiday. <laughs> I think Holiday's a great song. You didn't like Holiday. You thought it was in the garage. We did not cover this song. <laughs> People can go back and hear that we did not do it. Please write us at whatever uh, email we're going to create in the next few weeks. Email Paul Farvar on his Facebook. We did not talk about this song, because I like this song. I think you just listened to it. Maybe when you did your own podcast in your bathroom, where you're just like, this is what I'm going to say about this song. I can't wait to just... To be so witty about... To just this. shit all over this song. Yeah, no, we didn't talk about this song. All right, let's get to the words already, Rivers. Um, Come on, man. Yeah, I like this song. You don't like this song? I do like this song, in fact. I do. The falsetto jumps in again, and then you, and then you can kind of just... It's a song that reminds me of when you're just riding down uh, on your lawnmower, <laughs> like you're about to make that final just cut, and it's you're just like, gliding along, and you're almost done. <laughs> you're almost done. So it's, after it's so you nice. made the money for the cassette, you went back to the mowing lawns to, to buy another album. You're like, I did. You're like, I, did. I don't have no time to spare. <laughs> so I'm going to go back. What you just was, you were it was a circle of life. You were yeah. you'd work the lawns to buy a cassette <laughs> mm-hmm. and then go back, listen to that cassette, and then buy moans. You're just you're a rat in the cage. That's exactly what I did. Every, I can't remember the la- the next album that I bought too. I bet you a thousand dollars. It was a weird al- album though, because <laughs> I was a huge fan of his. And the fact that you met, that's probably you tied why you like, in. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so what were you gonna say about the? Um, I was gonna just make a, a fact of just naming the band members real Patrick quick because I felt so not, I felt so bad. Not uh, and not, not to be confused with uh, Matt Sharp, the other players on the Blackhawks. <laughs> Brian Singletary was uh, bass guitar for a few years. Also. Too. Uh, middle linebacker for the <laughs> Chicago Bears, 85. Oh, that's Mike Singletary. My bad. Uh, that's Brian Bell. I was trying to make a connect. Okay, so it's Rivers Cuomo, lead vocals. Brian Bell, rhythm guitar. He was the backing vocals, too. Matt Sharp, who I think left the band for a little bit, uh, but came back. Bra- <clears throat> not, not brass. <laughs> bass and backing vocals. And, of course, Patrick Wilson, member of the 2000. 2000- 12 world champion Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> uh, otherwise known as the the drums the nice. drummer of the band yeah so this was a great album the production team was Rick Ocasek the producer Chris Shaw the engineer and Hal Benkamp was the assistant engineer for this one of the greatest albums of all time in your Let's, opinion in my opinion yes so I was thinking at the end of our shows we could do uh, do you want to do stars do you want to do thumbs up thumbs down do you want to do hand claps uh <laughs> I don't know what the what's what do the millennials do now? Mm. What, How about uh, what's not a like a star? Why don't we do like uh, the heart the likes? How oh many yeah, likes is it? 
How many likes does give? How many hashtag likes? So what what's the amount of likes that you can get on a Facebook post that makes you feel really really good? Oh, that's too hard. Okay, you well the if it gets to eleven, that's when you can stop seeing it. So eleven must oh. be the you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, eleven likes. So okay. eleven likes is the absolute best. Is mm-hmm. what you have to, what you can give. What do you what do you give it, Michael? All right, for Rivers Cuomo's and Weezer's. <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to name the guys again, but Weezer's 1994 album, the blue album, I'm giving it, I'm starting it strong, 11 likes. 11 likes? 11 likes. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. And don't think that I forgot about those tireless hours mowing that goddamn lawn. 11 ah, likes. You're gonna, that means you're starting this thing up. That means- I'm starting it. Uh, this is you the, can't go this higher than 11 likes. This was one of my favorite albums of all okay. time. I'm just going to- All right. Uh, and I can't wait to hear the next one that we that we get because it- mm, I don't know how many likes I'm going to give. These, these I guess are hard we can do give. loves. We can do 11 loves. It's like- I don't know if you can even do that. We, let's we, just let's not change. Let's sh- not go crazy. Yeah. Okay. We'll just go eleven likes. That's the most you can give, and you're giving it to the Weezer Blue Album. I'm giving it eleven likes, and then a hashtag smiley face, uh, as well as uh, I'm going to give it. You know what? I'm going to give it an Instagram heart too. I don't. I don't give enough. That's okay. the way I do it. That's fine. What do you think, Paul? I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give the album as a whole uh, seven and a half likes. Seven and a half seven likes, and a, or seven likes. And one like wow face. The wow face. Wow oh. face. That's it. Because <laughs> just for um, Say It Ain't So. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is one of the top five songs, in my opinion, of all time. In my Or one of my top five songs. So it's, That's so true. That's a that's a perfect estimate of, of a great, great album. And I think that this was a, was a great first episode. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to the, I'm going to, I guess I get to pick the next one. Yeah. You or get- if you guys have songs that you want, or uh, albums you want us to... Uh, play or if you're in a band that you want us to go through we will listen to it and Mm -hmm. uh go through everything piece by piece as you just heard too so i mean if you want to put it on the on the table for us to tear apart (laughs) i don't know why you would because uh i just gave the first album we did 11 11 likes likes. it's only going downhill from here yeah (laughs) for you we'll see we'll see for me i'm looking forward to uh, next week's and what we're going to bring to the table. I can't wait. Well, this was Michael Heideman and Paul Farvar for four, <laughs> two, two guys, two guys, one, one album. album.